welcome Nexus Church family online to our series in the book of Mark that's self-titled. In the series, we're exploring the life of Jesus and applying it to our personal lives. If you have more questions or if you would like to get a hold of us, go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can find all the information on there as well as emailing nexuschurchmn at gmail.com. You can check us out on Facebook, but we'd love to connect with you and help you to connect to Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to another week in our series in the book of Mark, where we are investigating the life of Jesus and applying the truths of his life and his words into our own life. Now, last week, we investigated the, the aftermath of the cross, the resurrection. Jesus was alive. But the interesting thing about this whole scenario was the fact that Jesus appeared to people. And when it was reported back to the disciples that he was alive, they would not believe. Now, this was important for us because we, too, experienced things in our life where we were anticipating one thing and we got a whole different thing. And sometimes it's hard to believe again, to have hope again when things don't go the way you think they should. And so we investigated that for our own personal lives and, and we examined how can we have hope again. Jesus is alive. And he just doesn't want you to have this reassurance of just this afterlife, of having hope and being in his presence again. He wants you to have abundant life today. And so go back and listen to that again. If, if you're struggling with your thought life, and lacking hope and desiring to fight because Jesus is alive. Now today we're going to take a very drastic turn and for the next two weeks we're going to look at what we in the Christian world call the Great Commission. That is Jesus' final words to his disciples. You see, Jesus reappeared to his disciples many times and in many different ways in different places. And the very last thing we have recorded in the book of Mark as well as in all of the gospel accounts really, is his final words of his great commission, his last command. And so today, we're going to read this from Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and then we're going to go back and read it for Matthew's account, because Matthew's account gives a little bit more detail behind it. Uh, really, Mark just gives one very short side of it. Maybe it was because he believed that this was the most important part. Maybe he just left out some details because he was such an action man that he didn't need the details. Whatever the reason, uh, Matthew gives us a little bit more detail. And so remember, we left with the disciples not believing that Jesus was real. He confronts them. And he says, what is going on? How could you not believe what I told you? And then he said to them in verse 15, after he had rebuked them and, and, and called out their unbelief and their hardness of hearts, their disbelief, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Go. To all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus is alive. 
that he conquered death for us so that we could be right with God. That's the gospel. That's a very summarization of the gospel. That's the gospel. So that's what Jesus called for his disciples to do. So let's take a look now at the book of Matthew in verse 16 to the end, verse 20. And so then the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them, right? They went where he told. They got that right. We can commend them for that. When they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Still, they doubted. How could they? After all that Jesus had done, how in the world would, would he feel? Like, I've been reporting to all these people, telling them that I'm alive, and you still don't believe? Oh my goodness. Well, listen to how he replied. That's how I would have replied anyhow. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of age. It's like, whoa. Right now, there's a lot there. And in fact, today, because there is so much there, I've broken this, this command to two different weeks because I believe there's so much in both sections of this statement that we need to really stop and talk about it. Because there's really two things going on here. There's the going, and then there's the making disciples. Go. Right? Jesus approaches them right away. And after they still doubted, he said, all authority has been given to me. Listen. Stop doubting. I am in control. Listen to me. Go, therefore. Go. Stop questioning. Stop doubting. Go. Go. And then he gives them this long list of what they need to do. Teaching. Baptizing to begin with, right? So go and baptize. There's so much that leads to that baptism that we'll talk about today. And then teach them, to develop them, to help them to become evangelists. To help them to become duplicators, disciple makers. However you want to call it. Go. And then it's as if he was reading their minds and reading maybe my mind today. He tells them this promise. And remember... I'm with you always to the end of age. Now, it doesn't say this here, but in Luke's account, he gives the account of saying, wait here until I send the helper, the Holy Spirit. What, what he says over and over in John, I'm sending you the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit to empower you, to help you remember, to give you the ability that you don't have in your own physical, natural strength. I am sending you a helper. Right? I will be with you. Now, Matthew doesn't go into it. Mark doesn't go into it. But again, John does. And so the disciples know fully well what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about, I will send the Holy Spirit and he will help you. If this seems like too much, 
as, we, as on the onset of these le- next two messages, if this seems like it's too much for you, it's too scary, it's too overwhelming to go and to proclaim that Jesus is alive and he has everything you need for eternal life and also for this life. That seems overwhelming. I will be with you. Right? Go back to Romans chapter 8 and read it again. He promises you that you are co-heirs, that he is with you, that he's interceding for you. He's empowering you so that you can be more than conquerors and that nothing can separate you from his presence. That is a promise. He is with you. So therefore, the power of the Holy Spirit, go. I love how Smith Wigglesworth, he's an old-time preacher, he said it this way. He said, you will do more in one year if you are really filled with the Holy Ghost, that is the Holy Spirit, old way of saying the Holy Spirit, than you could in 50 years apart from him. Right? We need the Holy Spirit. And so there is a Holy Spirit that is given to you on the day when you receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. You allow him to save you from your sins and you place him as authority in your life. You get the Holy Spirit in your life. And then as I like to tell people, you continue to get more of the Holy Spirit as you press into him every day. You continue to get more and more of him. It comes different ways and different facets. But (laughs) you don't have to be a Pentecostal to believe that the Holy Spirit is available and is is willing to enter into your life and empower you for everything you need. You have a gift. So if that is something that you struggle with today, don't try to do it on your own. Rely on the Holy Spirit and go. And go. So maybe today you're thinking, wow, you're splitting this up? That seems so straightforward. That seems so clear. We need to go. We need to go where people are so that they can hear about Jesus. Simple. But I want to get practical today. I want to take this and apply it to your life. What does that look like for you? How do we get a game plan to reach people? Well, I believe there's, there's two very specific ways there's plenty but but let's just get to these two foundational ways today and and you can take it however you want from here i'll give you some thoughts and some ideas but this is your foundation the first way if you want to go is you need to go where people are foundation number one where are people at for for me for instance i go to the school that is where people are at. I engage there. We go to what our community has is a, a home show. You know, we're a small town, but a home show, a home and family and sports show brings in people from all over, and they're all interested because it has such a, a broad spectrum of interests. And so in this small little town, we get 3,500 people walking through, checking out a booth. We put a booth there as a church, and we engage with people there. We go to the River Fest in the summertime where people come from all over and listen to music and see vendors and, and engage in that. We go there and we show people who we are. 
We give out things. Water, snacks, prizes, games for kids. We show them that we care. We're here in the community for them. So we go. We can advertise on Facebook. This is, this is what we have as a church or this is what I believe. This is why I care. Being thoughtful. Going where people are. That sporting events, music events. Places where you can engage with people. A local church in town goes to one of our, our bars in town every Friday night and they engage with the community there and just talk to them, pray for them. It's fantastic. You can go and be a part. One of my favorite things to do is to join a softball team, a group of guys that aren't connected to any church that I'm aware of, drink beers, aren't exactly appropriate in all their statements, but I'm there. Why? Because I'm going where people are. I'm being a light. That is going. That is the first step. Just to be in the presence of people, right? Show them that you care. You're here. What is that for you? But then the second step is to actually serve, to do something for them that is meaningful. Beyond just giving them a water or a snack or a positive word at a game. But actually, when they go through a difficult time, or whether there's a, maybe a, a community group that serves the needy, whether it's food shelf or, or maybe a youth center or something like that, that, where you are actually going and providing something that is of need and requires sacrifice from you. Listen to how Rich Mullins put it in his powerful statement. He said, Christianity is not about building an absolutely secure little niche in the world where you can live with your perfect little wife and your perfect little children in your beautiful little house, whether you have no gays or minority groups anywhere near you. Christianity is about learning to love like Jesus loved, and Jesus loved the poor, and Jesus loved the broken. See, before we can share the gospel our community or our people that are around us must know that we care about them more than their butts in the seats at our church or the money that they give in the offering. They need to know that we actually care about them. We care about their wholeness, not just spiritually, but physically, emotionally, relationally, financially. We care about them in totality. They matter. They matter. But eventually, we must get to the part where we baptize. Eventually, we need to get to the point where we invite them into a relationship, where we start talking about the things of Jesus. You see, <laughs> We can go and we can give our time, our finances. We can give so many things. But if we don't transition that into eternal value, we wasted our time. 
and I am as guilty as this as anybody, and I, I think that in the church today, we either have one side of this or we have the other. We can go, we can go, we can go, but if we don't offer truth, we fall short. See, the gospel is not good news unless it's been heard. The gospel isn't good news unless it's accepted and believed, and it transforms a life to a follower of Jesus. So eventually, you must ask. And we know that the disciples actually responded. Jesus gave them this command, and they actually did it. Listen to this. I love this. This is what the book of Mark highlights that the other ones don't. Verse 19, we read, So the Lord Jesus, after speaking to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Right? So there goes Jesus. He's back up in heaven, right? He sends the Holy Spirit. We read this in the book of Acts, which is kind of a tag book to Luke. Mark doesn't have that. So Mark adds this little piece that I love in verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by accompanying signs. That's the book of Acts, Right? Mark just gives the book of Acts, the first couple of chapters and beyond, really, right there in verse 20. They did it. They went out and they proclaimed and they did the work. Through miracles, through serving, through proclamation of Jesus is the way. They did it. And so today, will you do your part? Will you reach out will you care you see i'm gonna put up on the screen right now and if you're not if you're not following along through video but through a podcast or or listening and you can't look at this i encourage you to check out the engel scale it's e-n-g-e-l engel scale online and there's there's pictures everywhere and this one i thought was very clear and i I really liked it. So on this, there are 15 steps in your walk with Christ. Now, you could probably put this in any way, different shape or form, and different ways of explaining it, but I liked how uh, specific this one was. And so the first three, there is no awareness of God, some awareness of God, and contact with Christians. Now, in America, I would probably say over 99% of the people have those three covered. They have some kind of contact with Christians somewhere. Some involvement with church at some level. They're aware of what church is, of who Jesus is, who Christians are. Right? But that's not necessarily the rest of the world. So that's why we have what we call missionaries. People who go to parts of the world that have never heard about Jesus. They're, they're on number one, no awareness of God. But we have those three covered. So then we go to an interest in Jesus Christ. Something happens in a life where they say, there might be more to life than what I know. So they start to have that interest. They start to investigate Jesus. So that might be, they start questioning, you seem different. You're a Christian. They might enter into a church. They might Pick up a Bible. That's exactly how it was for me. I picked up a Bible one day and started reading it in a doctor's office, right? You decide to investigate. 
And then after that, that's where we start seeing that intentionality from us to investigate them, to run after them, right? And so up until this point, they're kind of searching on their own. Something happens, and that's where we step in and we go to them. We give them hope. We speak to them. We offer ourselves as an opportunity for them to know more, right? All along the way, the Holy Spirit is empowering you and working in their heart. It is the Holy Spirit, I want to be very clear, that transforms a life. But what I really got out of this was that it takes all the way up to step number 10, where they decide to surrender to Jesus. Folks, that's a long way. And then from then on is what we'll be talking about next week. So let me just be clear for you today. You may not have the ability to do this on your own. But with Jesus Christ inside of you, the Holy Spirit alive, you can. You have the power. And here it is, friend. You are commanded as a follower of Jesus to do this. Jesus didn't look at his disciples and say, you should do this. He said, go, therefore. All authority has been given to me by the Father. Go and make disciples. The first step in that, and what we're focusing on today, is for you to go. There may be opportunities where people come to you and you don't have to do anything, but more often than not, it is because you're putting yourself into places where people can see you and hear you shine the light of Jesus. It's because you go. It's because you're available. It's because you care. So don't be afraid. Don't be as scared. This is something that God has given you a command to do, but he's also given you the helper to do. And I want to remind you today that even if it seems scary, most people, in fact, studies say that two-thirds of the people, if invited to go to church, will go on the first time. That's impressive. And the numbers just continue to increase as people give them opportunities. Just like in the business world, sometimes it takes up to eight, nine times for a person to come in contact with a business before they actually enter into the business. It's the same way for a church. It's the same way for a person who wants to accept the message of Jesus. There's ten steps. You may not be able to go through all 10 steps with somebody and sometimes they may skip steps obviously like I said first three steps nine times out of ten are already covered in America and some of these steps might just automatically lead to a, another one and another one and you just cover four steps in one time with a person you don't know 
you might just take a person one step closer to Jesus. And you know what? That's success in the kingdom of God. That brings a smile to the Savior's face. Will you bring somebody one step closer? Will you be a difference maker in a life for the kingdom of God? You have the gift. You have the power. You need to be willing to say yes. So, Father, I pray right now for every person listening that they would stand up and be obedient. Father, if they call on you as their Lord and Savior, this is not a suggestion. This is something that you command. Help us to get that passion and that burden again. And Father, your word is so clear. Your word is so clear that you desire for all people to be saved. You came to seek and to save the lost. And you tell us to go and be likewise. And so I pray that every person listening would trust you, would be obedient to you, and allow you to do a mighty work through them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Nexus Church Family Online, if you have any questions or further thoughts or if you need anything in your walk with Jesus, please contact us at nexuschurchmn at gmail.com or you can go to nexuschurchmn.com and find out more information of how you can contact us there as well. We'll see you again real soon.